This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good morning, beautiful family. I see that you are excited this morning. I don't need to ask you if you are. I see that you are expectant this morning and that you're going to draw and receive everything that the Lord has for you in this time. Amen. God is about to bring a big shift in your life in this moment. God has planned this time before He created this planet. He had you in mind and He knew that you would be here today. So draw everything and receive everything that the Lord is wanting to give you. Amen. I want to honor Pastor Theo, Apostle Theo, Dr. Bev, and uh, I want to thank them for everything they've done in my life. They've led me to the Lord 40 years ago, about four decades ago, 38 years to be more precise. And uh, everything, you know, the foundations I have in my life today as a Christian is because of them. Um, led me to the Lord when I was 17. Lost, aggressive, angry for everything. And uh, they presented Jesus to me. And I want to thank them and I celebrate them as my spiritual parents. Amen. And also I want to honor the leadership of this church. Thank you so much for receiving us so well, treating us so well, taking care of us so well, and give us, giving us so much biltong. I don't, know how I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish that biltong in my time while I'm in South Africa. But uh, thank you so much for everything. We really appreciate it. Amen. Praise God. Let's all pray together. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Father God, that you envelop this service in the atmosphere of eternity. I ask you, Father God, that we will not only hear your heartbeat, but that we will become your heartbeat on this earth. That we will release your sound, that we will release the frequency of heaven that you have predestined for our lives before time began for us to release upon this earth in Jesus' name. I ask you, Father, if anyone is discouraged this morning in this place and finding themselves themselves in a tight situation or in a challenging place or in a storm, I thank you and I ask you that you will elevate them, that you will take them and encourage them, that you will, Father God, take them into a high position and giving them your viewpoints about the situation. And thank you for your people knowing their authority in Christ, walking on this planet victoriously, knowing who you are and whose they are, Father God. They are your people, your precious possession, the ones, Jesus, you gave your life for. I ask you, Father God, that a strong awakening will take place in your people's hearts as they look upon you, looking you, Father God, standing before you face to face, experiencing your glory upon their lives, and Father God, allowing them to rise up above, above situations in their lives, experiencing your tangible presence, experiencing your tangible move upon them, and in their lives, and also in their families. And we pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, and the people of God said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, family. God bless you. This morning I want to talk to you about divine intervention. Divine intervention. We serve a God that likes to surprise us. We serve a God that likes to show His goodness and to reveal His goodness in our lives. And we see many testimonies and we see many accounts in the Word of God about how God can show Himself strong on our behalf and also 
bring providence in our lives and create miracles in our lives and really surprise us in a mighty, mighty way. We read about Elisha that helps a poor widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7 in the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Now, according to the historian Josephus, this prophet who passed away was no one else than Obadiah. Obadiah is one of the, you, you find a little book in the Old Testament that's one, got one chapter that he wrote as a prophet of God, one of the small prophets. This man served God. He feared God. He loved God. He's the man that hid a hundred prophets in two separate caves when Jezebel wanted to kill the prophets. He served Ahab, and he borrowed money from Ahab's son, Jerome, so that he could buy food for the prophets. He used all his resources. He was a rich prophet, and he used all his resources to provide for these 100 prophets to save their lives, keeping them hidden from Jezebel. He also served the nation of Israel. He served Elisha. He was a man of God. God, the Word of God says he was a God-fearing man. He was a man that had reference for God. But now all of a sudden, tragedy struck his house. He died. His wife was in a place of trauma. His wife was in a place where the enemy was after the most valuable, something that was most precious to them, and that was their two sons. I want to say to you today that the enemy is wanting to destabilize us. And the way he wants to destabilize us is by coming and touching the things that are most precious to us. When he touches your children, that's precious. You see, he's a coward. When he can't get you, he'll touch something or try and touch something that's close to you. Why? Because he wants to discourage us. Why? Because he wants us to become disappointed. He wants us to retreat. He wants us to panic. He wants us to become anxious. And this lady was in a place of trauma. She lost her son. Uh, she lost her husband. They served God. This was a godly family. This was a family that served God. This was a family that loved God. Who of you has come to understand that it's not always health, wealth, and happiness in life? <laughs> that sometimes tragedy strikes. That sometimes we go through times and periods of trauma. But it's how we respond to those situations. Praise God that when we go through a storm, we know who we are and whose we are. And this lady came to Elisha, and she reminded Elisha. 
She said to him, listen, Elisha, my husband who served you is dead. This man served Israel. He was in covenant with God. This family is in covenant with God. And I know my children has got destiny all locked up in them. They have not been destined to become someone else's slaves. They've not, not, they've not been destined to go and serve something else in life but God. We know why God sent them. And we ask you, I ask you now, Elisha, I need to remind you. There's something happening in this family and it's not of God. I'm not going to give up my children to creditors. I'm not going to give up my children to the system. I'm going to fight for my children. And I call upon the covenant that this family is in. I remind you, Elisha, I lay a claim. I demand divine intervention. We went through a situation my wife and I with our youngest daughter, in the month of December, she called us from Holland. She studies in Holland. We live in France. And uh, she said to us, can she bring two of her friends with her, two young men, for Christmas? They're going to be alone at the university campus, and she doesn't want to leave them alone. Can she bring them with, with her when she comes to visit us? We said, of course, yes, bring them so we can look who she's connected to, you know? <laughs> we just want to see. <laughs> just give, throw an eye on, on, on the people that she's spending time with. And so she brought the two young men there. And we saw, we realized she's quite attached to this one young man. And when I looked at this young man, I saw darkness. I saw this man has not been sent into a life by God. This man has been sent into a life by the enemy. And the enemy was wanting to create a demonic pathway into my daughter's life. And I, I saw this and I said to sis, sis, something's wrong here. We need to pray for Richelle. So I went into the shed. I've got a shed there on the farm. I locked myself up in the shed and I walked up and down on in that shed. It's a big shed. <laughs> it's prob probably 100 meters long. But anyway, so I walked up and down that shed. I went into warfare. I saw exactly what that demon tried to do with my child because that child was formed wonderfully in her mother's womb. God sent her with a purpose. God sent her with destiny. God sent her on a mission on this earth. And the enemy was after her destiny. The enemy was after after a call. And so I went into that shed and I saw in the spirit what the enemy's intentions were. And I, I went into the spirit and I went into warfare. And I went after that demon and I decapitated him. I took him by the shoulders and I evicted him from my child's life. I went back into the house and I said to Richelle, come, we need to talk to you. And so me and Richelle, we said, we, we sat around the table and I shared my heart with her and I, I, I reminded her who she is. 
I reminded her about her destiny. I reminded her that she can only be led by the Spirit of God and she cannot be led by her emotions because your emotions is never a guide. It's always a gauge. And I said to her, listen, Richelle, God has formed you. God has sent you. You have been sent like Jeremiah. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. You need to know what God's destiny is for your life. And this man is not your destiny. Don't open a door in your life that it will take you a lifetime to shut. And we, she looked at us and we realized she's got the strong emotion for this man. And so I went back to the shed that night. <laughs> and now I took my daughter's heart and I put it in front of the Lord. I said, God, breathe upon this heart. Ask you, God, that you will allow your call to rise up in her heart again afresh. I thank you, God, for divine intervention in my daughter's life. And God did so. The next morning when she woke up, she called us in. She said, listen, God spoke to me through the night. I've taken a decision. They're going home earlier. They're not gonna stay with me here. Dad, can you take them to the bus station? They need to leave. I said, of course. I'll take, we, you booked them, we'll pay for it. Don't worry, we'll get them on the bus. Listen, nothing wrong with the people. God loves people. But that man was not hooked up with God. And his intentions were not pure with my daughter. And so I went into spiritual warfare. God intervened. And God's supernatural power worked on my daughter. And God evicted that demon in her life. Don't give the enemy any space in your life. You have the authority. This lady was putting a demand on God, the God of Israel. I'm in covenant with God. I don't know why Abadiah died. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But there's one thing I know. This was a God-fearing family going through trauma and facing a tragedy. But God intervene. So what happened? Verse 2, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? Well, nothing at all, she says, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Now you can go and study it. I studied this. This was not cooking oil. This was Elisha's, uh, um, Abadiah's little flask of anointing oil. That was left in the house. And then, listen, listen, that's all she had. Sometimes it's all we have. It's just that tiny spark, that tiny expectation, that tiny little faith of a mustard seed. That's all I have. I've regressed so much. My back is against the wall. There's no way out. If I don't receive God's divine intervention in my life, I am cooked, I'm done, I'm losing the battle. But we need to know what covenant we are in. It's a eternal covenant, it's a sure covenant, it's a covenant sealed in the blood of the Lamb. Listen. So Elisha said, okay, a little flask of oil. <laughs> so Elisha says, okay, take that little flask of oil. Borrow as many empty jars as you can. 
from your friends and your neighbors. Then he says, then go into your house with your sons. Shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her as she, was, uh, she, was, uh, as she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said, the one to one of her sons. And then the son replied, they aren't anymore, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. You see, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Listen, that lady didn't follow her anxiousness. She followed instruction. She didn't go into a debate with Elisha. She said, okay, I've got a little flask of olive oil left. I'll do what you say. I'm not going to go into a, I want to understand what you are telling me here. I'm just going to walk by faith. I believe that divine intervention will take place in my house today. Today. And so they went and they got all the containers they, got, they could get hold of. And then Elisha said, you go into your house and you go and shut the door. I'm not going to be with you as a man of God. It's something between you and God. It's something about what God is wanting to reveal in your life, the favor that he's going to reveal in private, he's going to show off in public. I'm going to show something in your life that will astound you, that will surprise you, that will change your life forever. And so she went and got all the containers, go into her house, and she started filling one container after the other. Do you know that that word borrow, me is shahol, in the Hebrew, do you know what it means? It means to put a demand, to lay a claim on divine opportunity. So God was telling her, go and put a demand, go and make a claim on divine opportunities, empty containers in your neighbor's life, in your friend's life that they are not using, they are not utilizing, they're not putting a demand on it, they've got the container, they've got the capacity, but they're not doing anything, they're just sitting on it. What does the Word of God say? In, in Matthew chapter 25, it says, there's a man with, uh, he, gave, he gave to three people three different talents. One five, uh, he had five, ta five talents, five bags of silver, three to one person, two to the other, one to the other. And then the only, the only first two guys did something with it. The last one buried it. We've got, we've got too many dead Christians walking around. They are sitting in unutilized capacity. They are sitting in, on empty vessels. They're not filling them. Listen, she was in a community of prophets. She was, her friends were prophets. Her neighbors, they were all community of prophets. They had the same privileges as she had. Oh. God says, if you don't use what, you've got, what, what I've given to you, I'm going to take it away, I'm going to give it to someone else. I don't say it. God says it. 
And they went and they put the demand on empty containers. You see, if you don't value what you have in your life, you'll compromise with it. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you value that? You are an earthen vessel for the Spirit of God. Do you value that? What do you do to be connected to God? What do you do? What are you doing to flow with Him? Are you stuck in religion? Are you having a living, thriving relationship with the Lord? Excuse me? Hello? Christianity is more than just coming to church on a Sunday. Christianity is to be engaged. It's to be flowing with the Spirit. It's to be walking and being joined to the Spirit of God, being one with Him. That's Christianity. Laying your life down and being led by Christ in your life. That's Christianity. Expect, listen. People, we need to live in an environment of expectancy. God can do anything at any time and surprise me any day. That's Christianity. And so she got those containers, empty containers, and she started filling those jars. One after the other, uh, filling those, yes, jars, containers. One after the other with a flask. Little flask, and the oil did not stop until all those containers she had was full. God's supply will never run out as long as we give him capacity. Never. Never. That flowing stopped when capacity ceased. Now, the Bible says she was keeping that flask and pouring in that oil. And she shouted out, hey, I'm still flowing. <laughs> You need to bring me some more containers. And her one son broke her speed. There's nothing left. You will never go bigger or higher than the people you surround yourself with. I wonder if those sons just went a little further. Maybe run a little further down the road. Maybe went to the next village. But that well was flowing. And while that well was flowing, it will fill every container on this planet. They just needed to lay their hands on some more empty containers. They needed to get some more empty containers in that house so that God can continue with his miracle. God intervened in that woman's life, in that family's life. I want to say to you today, God is intervening in your family's life. I want to say to you today that God is working supernaturally. He's providing supernaturally. He's bringing things into alignment with his will and his purpose in your life. And with the favor of God, when it's the favor of God, is on your life. No one can stop it. No one can stop it. No one can stop it. That lady, when she walked out of her house to tell Elisha what happened, she didn't walk out of that house telling Elijah about her problem. 
She walked out of that house telling Elijah about her future. She didn't walk out of that house in desperation. She walked out of that house with new vision. She walked out of that house with the favor of God and it was evident. And I wanna say to you, I wonder what her neighbors thought. Her empty, uh, their empty containers were, were now full of God's providence, but now it was her container. Sure. Come on, people. That's the way our Lord works. Oh, oof, I've messed up my whole thing here. You see, I wanna tell you today, you need to remind yourself and your children Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I'm telling, I'm saying, I'm reminding God every day, tell me who you knew before you formed me. Tell me about me. Reveal to me about me. <laughs> tell me what you want me to do. Tell me, Father God, how can I just so be so encapsulated in your heart that no one will see me, but they will see you. Because that's what people should see. They should see the heart of God in our lives. Not how successful we are. We don't need to manufacture our own success when we walk with God. We don't need to market ourselves when we walk with, walk, walk with God. You see, where the presence of God is, people will be. Your house is about to become a magnet of destiny. You can ask Cornelius, you can ask this lady, her house became a magnet of destiny. You can ask Peter, his house was such a magnet of destiny that he couldn't even get in his own house and holy vandalism took place for people to get inside. They had to break through the roof just to get into his house. Your house is a magnet of destiny. You've been destined for great things. Know who you are, whose you are. God is putting, listen. You may be seated here this morning and saying, I've just got a little flask of oil. I can just pray, that's all I've left. That's all I've got left. A little tiny spark in me. Well, I wanna say to you, just be sure that anything you start in your life, it's the Holy Spirit's key in your ignition. Because when the Holy Spirit's key gets into your ignition, it ignites divine destiny. It ignites divine providence. It ignites divine supernatural momentum. And God will take you if you've got nothing today and creditors are knocking at your door. God is saying, listen, I am with you, and if I'm with you, who can be against you? The enemy is coming against you, but don't you take a, don't take, don't, don't worry about that. I've taken care of that 2,000 years ago. You've been washed in my precious blood. You've been sanctified, set apart for great things. Yes, I know you are going through a storm, but I can quiet the storm, speak to the storm, know your authority, know my character, know my honor, because I'll come through for you. Nothing can be as, as able to bury you. You guys good? Lay a claim. Lay a claim. Lay a claim on your covenant. Don't let things stop you. Don't become a dead Christian <laughs> walking, knowing the lingo. Knowing to say, I'm blessed, and in the meantime, Ugh. I'm not saying you need to talk about your problems. 
but it's fine to ask someone, listen, this is happening in my life, pray with me. I know that God can come through for you. Elisha, I need an instruction. God, speak to me. I need an instruction. I don't want to miss something here that I need to share with you. I'll start ministering. So don't compromise. Value your call. Value what God is wanting to do in your life. You see, many Christians are compromising with dead religion. It's not a time. You serve in a church, Pastor Theo and Beth flow in the Spirit. It's a praying church. It's a Holy Spirit moving church. You need to honor that. You need to value that. But don't get stuck in dead religion. Don't get stuck in routine. Listen, God can surprise us in every service. In every service. Giving away. So many people are giving away their earthen vessel that's been created by God, giving, given by God. An earthen vessel meant for His glory to a lukewarm system. Religion is routine. Religion is taking passion and putting it in a controlled environment. Oosh. Manipulating uh, the call and destiny of men. Don't allow that in your life. Know who you are, where God planted you. Engage, live out your call, pick up your cross, pay the price, start the home cell, become engaged in the prayer groups, do something, get engaged, get moving. Get moving. You've got the space for that. Amen. I remember when we, I gave my life when I was 17 years old here in this church, back in Fontaine. We had a home cell out in Sandra. My word, every home cell we had, we were expectant. Expectant to see angels. <laughs> expectant for a move. Expectant for a prophecy. <laughs> Expectant to be used by God. Have you got expectancy? Hello? Come on. Kickstart yourself, man. Get going, man. See, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 10, the New American Standard Bible, for God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, huh. but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despairing. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse for you to have my children. I refuse for you to abort destiny in my life. I refuse for you to enter my house. God is coming for your house. Your house is a place and a magnet of destiny. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about the body, uh, the, 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 in the, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. That word vessel in this portion of Scripture in Greek is kuki. Kuki means something prepared for him.
you are prepared to serve him. You are not here to serve yourself. You are here to serve the king. The king of kings and the lord of lords. Kaki means you are his weapon. Whoosh! That demon didn't know what he was walking into when he entered my house. Kaki means armor. Kaki means artillery. Now that lady, Elisha needed to speak to her. God needed to get a word through to that lady to shift her whole mindset. I know you've got a flask. You don't think much of it. But I need you shift your mindset from a flask mentality to a container mentality. Shift your mind. Know what I can do for you. You see, too many of us have seen how many Christians have lost battles. And now you think you're fighting the same or you're staring the same fight in the face and you feel like you'll lose this battle. Don't. Compare your life with someone else. You are uniquely called by God. You've got your fights and God will reward you according to your faith. God will reward you according to your faith. Stand on the word. Speak the word. Know who you are and whose you are. You're in covenant with God. You see, Obadiah made debt to go and feed the sons of God, the prophets of God. God, under, God remembered these seed. That seed that he sowed into the kingdom, God was about to reward his family for it. No man shall stand before God one day and say, you owe me. No man. We shall not stand before the Lord and say, you owe me. Why didn't you come through for me? God, the seed you sow will always come back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Never lose faith in that. Never lose faith in that. Keep on giving, keep on sowing, keep on trusting, keep on walking, keep on going through. You'll get through your valley and then you're going up the mountain. Whew. Amen. God is your helper, not man. That lady didn't, uh, spoke vision when she walked out of there. Didn't speak about her trouble anymore. Amen. Praise God. You're blessed. You're good. Very quiet. You got your flask of oil. Pour that flask into the container and fill up the container. Get up, get to the next container, get to the next container, fill up those containers. Amen. All eyes are closed, heads are bowed, no, no one's looking around. It's a very important time in the service. Maybe you are seated here this morning and saying, Pastor Didi, I don't know Jesus but I want to meet Jesus. I want to collide with his heart. I want to collide with his intentions. I want to meet Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to serve my purpose, why I have been created, the reason for my being here on earth. I want to live out the, my life the way God des designed me to live it out on this earth. Pastor Diddy, would you pray for me? I want to surrender to Jesus this morning. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live for him. While Christians are praying, heads are bowed, no one looking around. If that is you I'm talking to, please raise your hand so I can pray with you. Pastor Diddy, would you pray for me? I want to surrender to Jesus. Just lift your hand up high so I can pray with you. I see hands going up here. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. If you want to be included in this prayer, just raise your hand, please, so I can pray with you. 
Pastor Eddie, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to know why I've been created. I want to experience His love. I want to walk in His presence. I want to experience and hear His voice. Please pray for me. I want to surrender to Jesus. If that is you I'm talking to, while Christians are praying, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around, if that is you, just raise your hand. I see hands going up there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands has gone up. If you want to be included in this prayer, just raise your hand, please, so I can pray with you as well. I did this in this church nearly 40 years ago. Listen, and God changed my life forever. God's about to change your life forever. Don't let this opportunity go by. It's a divine opportunity to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you knew God, but you backslided, your, your heart has grown cold, but you want to come back to the Lord this morning, just raise your hand. I want to include you in this prayer. Pastor Diddy, I've messed up, but I want to come back to the Lord. I want to include you in this prayer. Just raise your hand, please. I want to pray with you as well. Please raise your hand. Please don't let this opportunity go by. Raise your hand. The presence of God is here. Raise your hand. Oh, many hands has gone up. Praise the Lord. Let's all pray together. Is that good, Pastor Tony? Okay. Let's all pray together, especially those who raise their hands. Let's pray together. Let's say, Dear Heavenly Father, let's try again. Dear Heavenly Father, your word says that whomever comes to you, you shall by no means turn away or reject, but you accept that person as your own as your child. This morning, I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. I want to serve you. I surrender all to you. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died on the cross for my sin. On the third day, he rose from the dead. And today, he is alive. Jesus, you paid with your blood for my life. I ask you today, cleanse me, wash me clean with your precious blood. I accept you as my, per as my personal Lord and Savior. From today, I will serve you. I'm born again. I'm your child. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Love you much. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com